Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Now, Eveline Welton is the founder of Confident Kids and Awesome Training. And Eveline found out at the age of 37 that she was autistic. And she's now written a book. Um, It's called Standing Up for Myself. And Eveline says that this is a book I wish I had when I was a kid. Good morning, Eveline. Morning, Fiona. Thanks for having me on. You're very welcome. Why is this the book that you wish you had as you were as a kid? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I'd imagine it's probably an important book for all children, but particularly autistic kids or neurodivergent kids, um, because it's all about consent, really, boundaries, you know, autonomy, other people. Hello? Yes, I'm here. The joys of technology, Evelyn. The joys, yes, exactly. (laughs) So you were explaining to us about this book and why it's such an important book and it teaches such an important message for children and teenagers. Yeah, so the book is for kids who are around 9 to 15. Um, as, as you said earlier, I, I found out I was autistic uh, oh, seven, eight years ago now at this stage. Hmm. Um, so I, I suppose that's what I've been doing. And I wanted to create, a, you know, I suppose I've been doing a lot of work around educating other people about it. And I wanted to create some books for children um, because, you know, I suppose when you grow up different uh, uh, and, and a lot of the time autistic kids are, you know, kind of subjected to compliance training or being taught, you know, to be not themselves, really, to be, um, to, to copy the social skills, let's say, or the way non-autistic people interact, mm. um, which was kind of the go-to thing for, for, for decades, really. Um, and then, you know, I put up current research that was done in Edinburgh University um, in 2019 shows that actually autistic people have our, our own very effective way of communicating with each other, you know, same mm. as people who aren't autistic, you know, so I suppose... The narrative was like, oh, we lacked these skills and we needed to be taught them. Um, but now we know that that's really not the case. Actually, we're really, you know, really good communicators. We just communicate in a different way. So I suppose I wanted to create a book for children that, you know, let them explore um, what, you know, the way they communicate, how they can advocate for themselves. Um, uh, I think it's very important to give children that, that space to advocate for themselves. You know, I think as adults, we're always talking for the children. Yeah. Um, and just to, you know, explore boundaries, um, you know, the right to say no. I, I think we don't really, you know, for all children, really, we don't really give them that respect 
to autonomy, you know, everyday things, you know, even like school uniforms, different things. It's like, you know, actually that child has to do all these things. And we don't seem to be, um, you know, giving them the opportunity. And no is often seen as defiance, and particularly with autistic children, um, you know, whereas really we should be respecting a child's right to say no. And I suppose the book is exploring that with, with children and teenagers um, and how to assert yourself and how to explain you know, uh, a lot of us are very sensitive to different things, whether it's sounds or lights or other people's feelings or, you know, colours, all that kind of stuff, and how to explain that to people um, in a way that they understand. Because sometimes, you know, a child might say, oh, that's too loud, and it might be dismissed. Mm. And it's just to kind of explain, you know, be, you know, I suppose good ways that you can actually get your point across to people and get your needs met, really, because I suppose that's what we all need at the end of the day is to be comfortable. Um yeah, so, you know, I suppose explaining kind of power play to children as well, which is a bit of a challenge. <laughs> yeah, because you say in your book that you didn't know that you were a really sensitive person um, when you were a child. And when you complained, people didn't listen. But your parents did, which was the important thing. But exactly. you're trying to kind of emphasize the point that children can be uh, sensitive and it's not something that, you know, and that it is something that should be taken seriously by the adults around them. Yes. And I mean, and that's it, because unfortunately, you know, if you're sensitive, then you're going to, you know, have maybe more sensitive reactions to your environment. But an adult maybe mightn't, you know, or if you're the only kid in the class, let's say, mm-hmm. who's saying, I, you know, who can't concentrate because, uh, you know, there's maybe a lawnmower going out off, on a, or outside, um, you know, uh, that's really distracting. Things like that need to be taken into account. And sometimes people kind of judge the child's experience on their own you know so I mean you know I would say like we don't all experience temperature the same way you know mm-hmm. if we were if we had 20 people in a room some people are going to have their coats on some people are going to be asking to turn on the heating other people are going to want the window open and the air conditioning turned on we don't actually experience our environment in the same way as human beings and our emotions are tied into that because you know if you're tired you're going to experience things a bit differently than if you had a good night's sleep. If you're worried about something, that's going to impact your sensory system as well. So, you know, it's really about, I suppose, empowering children to to understand that about themselves and to explain it to other people and not be ashamed of it either Mm. because, like, I would have been quite a fussy eater, which is the wrong word completely. (laughs) I have a very limited diet, let's say. And just that kind of shame, you know, when people are saying, you don't eat that, you don't eat, well, you yeah. not, you know, as an adult even, you know, like, yeah, no, yeah. I don't, this is just what I eat, you know, can yeah. you just accept it? <laughs> but even like a simple, gentle gesture, like a kiss on the forehead, I mean, that can completely overload somebody's senses, child's senses. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, you know, and I suppose, look, I, I worked with children for, you know, teaching drama for 20 years, and when I, I started exploring all this for myself, I was like, oh, you know, we don't actually even consider that in like circle time or where you're asking kids to hold hands with another child, mm. that they could actually be touch sensitive, you know, very tactile sensitive and that that might be overwhelming for them. It might be very uncomfortable. Um, you know, and sometimes we don't actually, you know, ask, and now that's kind of, I suppose, a, a good example of where we don't ask children for consent, yeah. you know, where we just say, everybody hold hands and it's kind of like an order given out and, you know, it's not like, is everybody comfortable with this? If you're not, here's an option or we can do this, you know, here's what we can do instead because that is the only way to make things accessible is to really offer options to people rather than kind of having one rule for everybody because it just doesn't work. So your book, Standing Up For Myself, even though it's um, aimed at teenagers and and children, um, there's a lot to be learned in it by adults as well, isn't there? 
There is. And look, to be honest, uh, it's stuff I learned myself in the past seven years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like, boundaries? What are they? You mean yeah. I can say no to people? You know, and, and I suppose that's why I wanted to put it in. And it actually, it started as an adult book, which I, I will be, I will work on. Yeah. Um, and then I suppose, you know, just as I started breaking things down, I found, actually, you know what, this is going to be really good for teenagers. But I know some adults have, have used this already or are using it as well, you know, but... And did you just, when you were saying there about learning to say no to people, did you find that a difficult process? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose, and this is the thing, because when you grow up autistic, and I didn't know I was autistic, but, you know, and I think just look, being a girl as well, the world kind of tells us, you know, you must please everybody, you know, yeah. and keep everybody else happy. And, you know, you learn early on to, to put other people's needs ahead of your own even, you know, in the context of sensitivity, you kind of just learn to put up with things, even though you could be really uncomfortable in a situation. So all of those kind of messages, I suppose, if you're getting those messages daily over your lifetime or over your childhood, you know, it's going to lead you to a point where you just kind of think you're, you're there to exist to please other people, you know, that your autonomy and your comfort and your rights don't matter. Mm. Um, so, like, as an adult, for me, it was... Um, and I had a brilliant... Um, um, sound, sounds fair. And that was actually before I found out I was autistic. Um, you know, who... In my 30s, you know, we started exploring boundaries. And I was like, nobody can tell me how I feel. What? My whole life. <laughs> telling me how I should feel or that I'm overreacting or too sensitive or whatever. Mm. Um, you know, and it was just actually, and I suppose that's the thing with boundaries. It's like, I just found it was like something I had to really work on consciously, like actually saying no to people or, you know, I'd always offer to help people. Um, and then you end up overstretched because you kind of keep just doing things for the people. You know? yeah. um, and it was very conscious in the beginning, but I found over the past you know number of years, I suppose since I have been unpacking trauma and you know kind of reconnecting to who I am and finding out I'm autistic and all that kind of stuff, that actually boundaries fall into place much nat- more naturally. You know, the more kind of I suppose the higher your self esteem goes and the more self worth you have. So I suppose mm. sometimes it is that struggle of um, you know trying to put those boundaries in place when it doesn't feel very natural because you're just not used to doing it. Yeah. And Evelyn, your book "Standing Up for Myself" it has been recommended by Therapist Neurodiversity Collective International, and it says here as a perfect alternative to social skills training. Yes. Yeah, because and I suppose that's that's the thing because. You know, there's loads of programs out there um, teaching autistic children social skills based mm. on the idea that we lack social skills, but sure we don't. So, you know, all those programs are based on teaching an autistic child, you know, to think of what, how their behavior impacts someone else and, you know, what other people will think if they're doing something or saying something. And, you know, we communicate quite directly and straightforward mm. um you know i mean across any cultures you're going to have miscommunication you're going you know we have differences we just need to learn to coexist and accept people and that you know if an autistic person is saying something it's not meant you know as an insult or, or you know it's literally just how we communicate we use language in quite a different way um and just straightforward we, we, we we're saying what we mean um and it's it's just, yeah, I suppose it, like the Therapist Collective or a group of therapists internationally who, you know, are working to, to stop that kind of behavioural therapy for, for autistic yeah. children. And um, yeah, so my book is the first book that they, an only book that they've recommended to therapists okay. to use. And where um, can people get the book? Um, and it's for parents as well, I suppose, just to say yeah. that. And schools. <laughs> um, they, can, they can, at the moment, they can get it on awesometraining.com or they can get it on uh, counselingkids.ie. 
and it will be on Amazon in a few weeks time so Great stuff. Eveline, thank you so much for joining us on the Opinion Line this morning. We got there eventually. <laughs> thank you so much, Fiona. Have a great day. Thank you. You Bye. too. That was Eveline Welton and her book is Standing Up For Myself. Now, as I said at the start um, of... Quartz 96 FM. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.